You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Ian Brown, our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, who has made the journey north from Fort Myers to Tampa as the Red Sox and Yankees get set to do battle on Tuesday night. Um, So we were checking in with Ian before that game. And, Ian, I guess... Let's start with the health stuff. We'll move on to some guys who are really having good springs, and we'll talk about um, the obstacle course that led to players <laughs> avoiding that trip to Tampa. We'll get to that at some point in the podcast as well. But let's start with the medical report. And Drew Pomerantz, who left the game on Sunday, uh, had some pain or tightness in his triceps. I guess Monday he felt a lot better. Is he feeling even better on Tuesday? He is. You know, we uh, asked him how his bullpen session went today, and he just kind of kidded around. He said golden. So you know, this thing could not have gone any better because when he came off the mound Sunday, you know, Sunday, I think all, all of us were a little concerned. But uh, it turns out now he thinks it was just a mechanical uh, thing that had messed up his tricep, and he was putting uh, too much pressure on that. And once he fixed it, uh, he was back to normal the next day. So really just a hiccup that was uh, was nothing. So that's a great sign. But you know, the real test uh, for Drew will be when he pitches on Friday. And, you know, he hasn't pitched well in either of his starts uh, so far, which isn't all that surprising because he's a guy sort of building up back arm strength as the spring goes here. But at the same time, they'd like to see some encouragement and some positive signs for him. So I think, uh, you know, I think he's going to start Friday and done the evening against the Blue Jays. So I think we'll know a lot more about Drew Pomerantz after that. Kudos to the film room for, I guess he kind of noticed while watching some film that, that the delivery was a little bit off. So that's that's always good stuff during spring training. How about just his readiness factor, Ian? We're getting uh, closer and closer to the beginning of the season, and obviously without David Price, Drew Pomerantz fits into that that top five starters, but there's questions about a lot of those guys still. He's only thrown two times. Do they still think he's going to get enough innings in to be ready to go at whenever his time in the rotation comes up? Yeah, I think uh, the tentative plan for Drew right now is that he would pitch the sixth game of the season, and that would be the Sunday game in Detroit because they could finagle it where, um, you know, you could bring you could bring Rick Porcello back in that Saturday game in Detroit because of the off day Tuesday, so you wouldn't need a fifth starter till the sixth game. And that's what they're going to try to ramp him up to. Now, look, they need to get him uh, where he can throw, where he's in position to throw about 90, 95 pitches in that first start. Um, in Detroit, so that's going to be the key is that they keep uh, ramping him up. And I think you know when the Red Sox actually go north to face the Pirates to start the season, I think you could see a scenario where Drew is down in Florida pitching once more, you know, extended spring or whatever, just to keep getting that pitch count up. And then they could put him on the DL for the first, uh, you know, for the first five games of the year. I think retroactive that, and then uh, activate him on uh, on on that six games. I think you probably see them break camp with an extra reliever and, and four starters. All right, so another thing to keep an eye on there. Uh, let's talk about some guys having some great springs, and Pablo Sandoval is one of them, which is encouraging for anyone who watches and follows and roots for this Red Sox club. I think you even put it in article, Ian. You even put it out there that here's your leading candidate for AL Comeback Player of the Year. Did I read that? Yeah, and I think that, look, to me, I feel like I'm watching Hanley Ramirez from last spring. This is what we saw from Hanley uh, when he came in. And, Tim, this is what spring training is all about, is these guys coming in, um, having these resurgent, you know, trying to resurrect their careers. And I think that's, uh, again, that's one of the things I enjoy most about spring training. And you see him came in, he came in in great shape. Um, and he is, his bat speed is noticeably better. He's moving around uh, far better. And uh, but even if he was in great shape, you know, it wouldn't have meant anything if he wasn't hitting like he is. But he's really turning on 
on fastballs and kind of looking like uh, the Papa of old. So I think this is a great sign, and uh, you know, I think that you could see him have a very good year this year, and that could be a big uh, – you know, they really need him. You lose David Ortiz, you really need um, somebody to step up, and I think Pablo is one of those people who can help uh, fill that void left by Big Poppy. And he hit two home runs on Saturday, a big day there for him. The power is there, as you said. As far as the, the figure, and he came in in great shape, has that continued, Ian, now uh, a month into spring training uh, dieting and spring training eating? Is he keeping the weight off? Yeah, he looked, He still looks great. And, uh, you know, the other day I saw him out there just on his own doing some agility drills, kind of like with one of the trainers. So it's obviously whatever program he was on in the winter, um, he's doing his best to just keep on that program and keep that part of his daily routine. So it's obvious this guy is really driven, and I don't think he went on this whole thing uh, to do it halfway and just, like, give up on it in March. I think this guy is very driven uh, to have a good year and have a healthy year and to stay in good shape and see how that new physique, uh, you know, how, how well he can play with that. Another infielder who's having a really nice spring is Marco Hernandez, and he's a guy that we saw. He kind of bounced up and down last year when the Red Sox needed that extra infielder. Can he make this opening day roster? Has he had that kind of spring? It doesn't seem like maybe the math adds up to him having a roster yeah. spot, but he's playing great. I'd like to see him make this team because he really deserves it, um, but it's just, again, uh, for the roster reasons, you look at Brock Holt. I mean, he's going to make this team. He's arguably the best utility guy in baseball right now, and he's... Uh, you know, a left-handed hitter, and he plays all the same positions, uh, plus a couple more than Marco does. And then, so you say, okay, who's going to be the 26th man? Well, Josh Rutledge is a right-handed hitter that they took in the Rule 5 draft. They really like the way he hits left-handed hitters. They like the job he was doing for them last year until he hurt his knee. And he's really a good guy to put in there against lefties at third base because Pablo, you know, one thing about Pablo, his strength is really not at the right-handed hitter. So that's why Rutledge right now, to me, is a little bit better fit on the roster than Marco Hernandez, which is a shame because, you know, you hear John Grell saying things like, you know, a lot of our talent evaluators think Marco Hernandez could actually be an everyday player. So the one thing he gives you is great insurance. If he did happen to have an injury uh, to a Dustin Pedroia, to a Xander Bogart, to a Pablo Sandoval, you have this guy who he, they think is ready, the Red Sox think, he could be ready to take uh, every day at bat. So that's, that's exciting. But, yeah, just, it's hard to see him making the open day rush, just the way it plays out right now. Yeah, hey, you have to have more than 25 to get through a 162-game season. So uh, good to have a guy like that down in Pawtucket that's ready at a moment's notice. On to some guys that have struggled a little bit. Tyler Thornburg was obviously a big addition in the offseason, Ian. Um, the plan was to that he would just be plugged right into that setup role, take over the eighth inning, and, and off we go, setting up Craig Kimbrell. He's struggled so far this spring. Is there still confidence that he's going to figure things out? I know you have an article about the kind of alternative plans if, if he doesn't figure it out. Yeah, well, he took a step today. He threw about 20 pitches um, with a hitter standing there. Um, the hitter didn't swing. It's what they call kind of a controlled setting um, off the mound. Uh, and that is the, the last step before I think he's going to get back in a game Friday. Um, whether it's a minor league game or whether he goes to Dunedin to face the Blue Jays. But, um, yeah, so I think that if he can, uh, you know, he would, he like Pomerantz, things would kind of have to go perfectly for him um, between now and the end of camp for him to uh, be ready to start the season. But, that, you know, we'll find out more about that this weekend when we see how he's throwing the ball. But it was a concern the way he was throwing the ball his first two outings. Uh, it was so concerning that they shut him down, and then he was kind of had to build back up the arm strength. So you do worry a little bit about Thornburg because he's, a big part of what they're trying to do in that bullpen. So you kind of want to see uh, him have some success down here before they break camp. I guess the good news is that other guys behind Thornburg have looked good. Joe Kelly's pitched well. Um, 
And and Heath Embry, I guess, is another guy I mentioned. But but Joe Kelly, the reliever, seems like it's really going to be a good story for a full season. Yeah, I mean, people forget he was the best reliever in that uh, playoff series last year in Cleveland. He was uh, lights out in that series and also pitched great for the Red Sox in September last year. So I think he's kind of taken this role after initially resisting a little bit. It's always hard for any starting pitcher to be told he's not a starter anymore. So I think that was hard for Joe at first. But I think now, he's, he, like I said, I think he's embracing it and realizing that he could really set up well as a reliever. All right, let's finish with some uh, nice stories, kicker-type stories. One is you're in Tampa, Ian. Obviously, road trips in spring training that are multiple hours on a bus – the players aren't huge fans of those ones, and, and John Farrell gave the players a chance to uh, earn their way out of this one, I guess. Just explain this competition that went on. I guess it was Sunday morning, yeah. or maybe it was, it was Saturday. It was Sunday. It was pretty funny. And they actually did this a couple of years ago, too, but a couple of years ago, they simply had a shuttle um, relay race. And you know, The funny thing about two years ago was David Ortiz came out in a footlocker um referee jersey and he refed the thing with a whistle and everything and that Cause was because he was because he wasn't making the trip regardless yeah because he was, <laughs> was not making the trip so that was pretty funny but this year they did this whole thing where not only did they have the race but they started with um with like uh, throwing accuracy competitions on the field they had like a square on a mesh net that they had to throw the ball into and pitchers uh, were doing bunting accuracy drills so they did all these drills and the, there was they were broken up into two separate teams one of them was captained by Dustin Pedroia, um, and the other one was captained by uh, Chris Young and Rick Porcello. And uh, by the time they got to the obstacle relay, they were in it, they were tied. You know, so it's kind of almost like it was rigged so they would be in a tie. So the relay slash obstacle course was then, and it was really spirited. It was really spirited. Um, guys were going crazy. They were screaming. They were yelling. And Pedroia's team had a big lead, and then they lost it, and they ended up losing it. But. Uh, you know, it turns out it was a scam, though, Tim, because I get up here to Tampa today expecting to see Dustin Bedroya, expecting to see Mitch Moreland, um, expecting to see Hanley Ramirez, and these guys uh, didn't make the trip after all. So I guess uh, John Farrell just kind of wanted to scare them into thinking they were making the trip if they lost. But uh, he did make them sweat it out because their names were on the travel list. But we get up here today. And uh, Dustin <laughs> and uh, Moreland and Hanley uh, did get the day off, even though they were on the losing team. So I'm, I'm sure some of the guys who are on the winning team, guys like Chris Young and uh, Brock Holt and Rick Porcelli, they might have something to say about that when they see that these guys didn't uh, serve their punishment. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be uh, some fun that comes from that. And it's good. We're at that point in spring training where the grind is definitely upon these guys with a couple of weeks to go. So having something like that is, is great. One other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on was the Sox dedicated practice field this week as well. The Frank Malzone, um, a longtime member of the organization. And I know a lot of the old time guys like Tion was there and, and, and Jim Rice and, and Dwight Evans were all on hand for that. Can you just uh, sum up who Frank Malzone was for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, I mean, Frank Malzone is that guy who's a little bit lost in Red Sox history because he came along like after Ted Williams and uh, right before the Impossible Dream in 67. So he kind of like in that era where the Red Sox were really struggling, but he was arguably um, their best player. You know, in those uh, you know in those those late 50s, early 60s, this guy was a uh, maybe the best defensive third baseman in team history. Uh, also a pretty good hitter, and uh, you know made a few All Star teams, won a few Gold Gloves, and spent like close to 70 years with the Red Sox, just uh, as an instructor, as a scout, and was kind of a you know a legend around these parts. Not quite as outgoing as Johnny Pesky, so maybe you didn't hear about him quite as much. But uh, to hear Jim Rice and uh, Dwight Evans 
talk yesterday about the impact that Frank Malzahn made on, on them at spring training, you know, going over fundamentals and just uh, every last detail. That's why it's so fitting that they put a field for Frank Malzahn at the spring training complex. Cause you talk to a lot of people and that was his favorite time of year um, just to work with these guys on the very fundamental uh, mundane things about the game, but things that you need to be a great player, both Dwight and Jim uh, were very good talking about that yesterday. Excellent story. And the Red Sox obviously always do a great job embracing their history and embracing their past. And just one more example here. This has been MLB.com Extras, a Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.